This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Button. Um, let's go through the action. Early doors, City started reasonably well, as they have done in a number of matches. I uh, say reasonably well, the opening uh, few minutes. But... Um, uh, in fact, they almost took the lead. It was Pato with uh, a free kick from uh, just outside uh, the box. And uh, Pato with that free kick that was uh, tipped uh, over the top. Uh, joining us in the studio is uh, Ian. Ian, I was just starting to go through the 90 minutes. I talked about the uh, starting lineup. The only real surprise, uh, well, two surprises, Williams uh, keeping his place with Benkovic on the bench, was he carrying an injury perhaps? And Nag coming in for Corey Smith. Do you think uh, that's the last we'll see of uh, Corey, the fact that he didn't feature in the line at the today? I think we've got so many midfield players, it could well be. Um, we're, we're, you know, when you think you've got Bakinson, Walsh, Morel coming back, uh, who weren't there, you, uh, you've also got Masengo. So, I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed to see Corey get. Uh, say a, a new two-year deal, um, but I don't know. I mean, and until we get the new manager in, um, you're not going to know, are you? No, no, that's true. That's true. Um, and let's go through the uh, action. Pete's joining us as well now. He's just come into the live uh, studio. Good evening, uh, Peter. I'm just going through the uh, action. I started off by saying City started. The opening, uh, the opening two or three minutes, reasonably well. Pato having a free kick save, but then Preston very much got into the game. And what an exquisite move it was that led uh, to the goal. They were really dominating in midfield, and a little back heel by uh, the ponytail Johnson uh, set up Maguire, who dinked it uh, over Bentley to make it one nil. What was your take on that goal, Peter? Once again, the Bristol Contemporary Dance Collective, with the bunch of Morris men that we have at the back. Completely and utterly managed to. Uh... What is going on here? Yeah, uh, so it's different from your cat, Peter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I've got I've got a frozen picture of the uh, delightful young blonde banging on about something or other in the darkness. No, I just want to say that uh, we fell asleep. Absolutely fell asleep. Very quick, slick movement from Preston North End, and was that going to be our demise? And yet another nail in the coffin of this particular season that I'm so pleased to see the end of. Yeah. In fact, I'm how, did quite, see, how did I'm you see? How did you see the goal? How did you I'm see getting, the goal, Ian? 
Um, I, I, well, I think Johnson's a good player, but and the movement of Maguire was giving us problems in the first half. I think the first half is what I call a typical Bristol City home performance, yeah. which is very disappointing. Uh, the odd good bit, but if you put the under-18s out there, you'd have the odd good bit. Second half, I thought we were much better. Uh, Naki Wells had some really good opportunities, but appeared to have his boots on the wrong feet. Um, uh, and I just, I just think it was what I call it. Um, uh, I mean, the second half was much better, but it, yeah. I, I'd call it a disappointing end to a disappointing season. And we didn't. Um, and, and I think there are still far more questions and answers. I mean, one thing we did tonight that I didn't like was playing Callas on the left hand side of the back four. And yeah. he, he it, it narrowed the game. And also, I think De Silva had a really poor game tonight because Preston marked him and made sure he couldn't get forward into space and cause problems for them. And, and I he think not having a not having a left-sided centre-back um, in the form of, say, Baker um, did that for us. But uh, like I say, more questions and answers. And I think the new guy coming in um, has, has, got a, has got a job on his hands to... Um, come up with a, a, a good team and good players, particularly with the ones that we've got on loan leaving. Yeah. I mean, let's go back to the action this evening, just after that goal. In fact, about five minutes after that, they almost made it too. Dave Fevs has joined us now. The Gallagher cracking shot from outside the box that uh, hit the bar, and that really would have been a disaster for City <laughs> if that one had gone in, Dave, wouldn't it? Yes? Yeah. Preston were dominant at that time, weren't they? Yeah, they were. We were... Uh... We were pretty sterile in that first half. Thought we were a little bit better after the the, the drinks break half halfway through, but yeah, it was a bit lacklustre, wasn't it? Yeah, Peter. Start of the second half, we we did came out looking uh, slightly more uh, invigorated, if that's the right word to use. And our goal that had a degree of uh, well, good build-up play, Viner to uh, Vyman, uh, and then uh, his ball defended in clear. Fam was on hand to make it fourteen goals for the season. 1-1. One, one. You know, Fam uh, is, you know, I think over the three seasons he's been here, is it three or four? But that was his 40th goal, I think, if it's 13, 13 and 14. That was a good finish by uh, Fam. Sometimes in days gone by, he blasted that one over the top. That was an instinctive goal? finish. Well worked Wonderful. Goal. Wonderful. Uh, to be quite honest, that defender really did. He made an absolute ham of that clearance and presented it to Fam. I'm so pleased that if Fam is off, that was his uh, final swan song. If only he'd managed to uh, not scoop that last effort over the bar. But it was good to see him get on the score sheet. Good to see him get a bit of confidence. And I thought we went on from there and managed to dominate a fair bit of the second half. There was crisp, slick passing and there were just little glimpses of the city that we know you know can um, can 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 show but you know, that there. was really was yeah. an end of season performance where there was nothing to play for yeah and to be quite honest i'm quite glad that i didn't go down to ashton gate and i was able to watch it in the comfort of my own home <laughs> well i must admit it's become a bit habit forming watching it this way um Gallagher brought another good save from uh, Bentley in the second half. And then literally, I think it was the last shot of the match. Phoebe was looking for his first goal in 300 days, I heard the uh, Robins TV commentator say. But uh, it was yeah, a good kind. save, wasn't it, by uh, their goalkeeper. Uh, Dave, how did you, how did you see uh, the closing stages of the game? It sort of petered out, didn't it? Yeah, Preston it did, were huffing and puffing. Think... And, uh, you know, there wasn't a great deal yeah. to show for it at the end, was it? 
Yeah, I think Preston were happy at that point to to play on the on the break, to kind of suck us forward. Um, and when when they picked up the ball, break break on it, we kind of tried to try to force it and make it happen. But um, I guess ultimately in the last last two games, it's been our lack of quality in that final thirty yards of the pitch that's uh, that's let us down. Ian uh, Naki Wells. Um... <laughs> He was getting coming in for a bit of stick in some of the threads uh, coming through, or some of the comments coming through on the match day thread on uh, OTIB. Um, is he the if if fan goes? Is he the player that we should have as our mainline striker next season? Hello, Ian. Uh, to Ian. Uh, I think Ian. I think Ian's. Uh, yeah, I think Ian's disappeared. Question. I'll put that question to you, uh, Dave. Um, Naki Wells has come in for a little bit of criticism uh, uh, in in recent games. I know he scored a couple of goals as well. But is he is he the man to pin our striker hopes on uh, next season with uh, Fam widely tipped to be leaving? I, I think you know over the years he's proved he's you know, a top end of this championship striker. I think he looks pretty devoid of confidence and, and doesn't really seem to be on the wavelength of, of, of the rest of the team at, at times. I've probably said another pods. I think he really wants the ball early, makes a lot of proactive runs. But if he doesn't get it, he's not someone who really, you know, gets the ball into feet and, and holds it up with a, you know, a six foot four centre half up his up his backside. And and that too many moves in the last couple of games have broken down off of, off of balls into him. And that, that's been frustrating. But I think he's all about new man coming in, finding the system that gets the best out of players like that. Because I, I don't think yeah. I don't think we we have. I think you know Middlesbrough away was a you know unfortunately it was probably the one off performance from him since he's come back from COVID. The, the one that probably proves that he has done it in the past, but he hasn't really looked, looked like that in the other six or seven games he's played. No, Peter, what were your thoughts on uh, Adam Naj in midfield? I mean, it's not got a authoritative look about it at all. Naj, Vyman and Pato. I mean, none of them are physically strong, towering above any of their opponents. I mean, none of them were you know, a patch on, um, say, that Daniel Johnson, for instance. What, what, but what are your thoughts on Nag? He had a chance to stake a claim for that holding uh, role that Corey Smith has been famous for, but... You want him to do well. I think we all saw him in those opening games of the season and thought, yeah, we've got a player here. But he's not done it. Even Dean Holden said pre-match because of his injury and other things, whatever they are. But uh, your comments on uh, Adam Nagpe? I think the system doesn't suit him, to be fair. There really are uh, some great touches that Naj has. And I'm a great admirer of him. Close control, always seems to find his player, always finds his man. And I tell you what, he's a little ticking metronome that I think could really be that beating heart of a decent midfield. But you're right, physical stature, certainly you're not going to look at Naj and think to yourself, well, you know, uh, he's a threat. He isn't. He looks as though you can blow him over. But I tell you what, there's a great little player in there. Um, And he also tackles tackles well, to be quite honest. So I think, you know... He isn't the solution that we're looking for, but he's certainly not to be discarded. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's look at those last nine games. I mean, it's a continuum of what went before, really. I mean, it's 2-2-5, two, two, two wins, two draws, five defeats. Whichever way you look at it, that's eight points out of 27. I know there's been a change of management. But, uh, Dave, I don't think, uh, no, no disrespect to them as individuals, but I don't think Dean Holden and Jamie McAllister have actually made a case for being, uh, you know, within whatever new coaching staff exists. You know, they've done... It's been more of the same, hasn't it, Dave? Really? Um, yes, yes, and no. I guess um, I, I don't think most of us in our wildest dreams expected Dean Holden to come in and stake a claim to be the to be the next manager. I think I think he's shown en- enough in these these five games to show that if if the new man wants a bit of continuity, then he's a, a good guy to to have around. So I, I, I've been quite impressed with some of the things he's, he's done. It's not been perfect, but you know some things to build build upon. And, and but you know it'd be the new man's decision when he comes in. If if, if anything, I I watched the interview yesterday with with Gregor McGregor that, that that went out and you know whether he's reading too much of it, he looked a bit choked actually. He looked like looked like a man who might have just been told that day that he's not going to be around. Um, but you know that might just be me reading too much into it. And a few other people post, posted similar. Yeah. Just go back on 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 Naji, and I think. Peter made a good, a good point there that I don't think if we talk about central midfielders and we talk about that typical defensive midfielder who's either the person to break up play like a Corey or sit in there and be a, a dominant player like Pack was before, I don't think that's Nash's game. I think he, he's somebody who probably no. needs to play in a in a double pivot there um, with someone else doing the work right, and that's probably what we saw in those first couple of games when he played alongside Brownhill in there um, to play him as the... And maybe that's what we thought when we signed uh, Henriksen, maybe. Uh, absolutely, yeah. You know, so that I, I think, sort of you know, slightly taller, more physical uh, player. Tom, yeah. Tom Rollers uh, put in on our uh, message board here. He said, get Jackson Irving in from Hull City. Is that a player you're familiar with, Dave? I can't say he's somebody who uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's, I could give a comment on on that. Yeah, he's someone I've followed for quite quite a while, actually. Um, from I think he might have been at Ross County originally, or someone like that north of the border. I think he might have even played with Aaron Moy, the, the Brighton player up there. Yeah. Um, but but when he came down to Burton, played very much as the number ten or the or the one who played up alongside one striker, and he actually yeah. had a pretty good goals record uh, for Burton originally. Over his time and his movement to, to Hull, he's ended up dropping dropping more back into that holding midfielder. So if Tom's thinking of him being that slightly more physical, more pack like, probably controlling midfielder at the base of a of a of a midfield, I I, I, I can see why you'd think that. Um, I think he's probably late late twenties, maybe maybe thirty. But yeah, I, I certainly yeah. know where, where where Tom's coming from on that one. Yeah. Before we talk about the head coach situation, we've got to look at, uh, I think it's worthy of having a comment on the, the other results uh, around the championship this evening. And notably, Nottingham Forest 1, Stoke City 4, Reading 1, Swansea 4. That means that Forest, for the first time in weeks, have dropped out and Swansea have clinched, well, Cardiff have moved up to fifth and Swansea have gone up into... Uh, Sixth position, Peter. That's uh, you know a double Welsh uh, entry into the playoffs. That looked unexpected a few weeks ago, didn't it? Really? Well, you wouldn't have bet on that in any way, shape, or form. Um, 
So that's uh, that's a pity. That's is that now three seasons that Forest have misfired completely mm. with a lot of expectation on that uh, on. That's, that's, yeah, that's think, terrible think for Forrest, you know, because they were really quite confident and you could see that they'd got over the death of the owner and they were really thinking to themselves that they had a chance. Now, that is interesting. Uh, so, presumably, is that going to be a Cardiff-Swansea? No, it's a Fulham-Cardiff. Fulham-Cardiff. Well, Brentford-Swansea, yeah. Fulham-Cardiff. So, could it be an all-Welsh final? All-London or all-Welsh? Uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Which, if you think it was all Welsh, it would make sense in this era of social distancing that they played that at the Millennium Stadium. And you have to feel sorry for Brentford. I mean, the style side of the division, at one stage this evening, West Brom were losing at home to QPR. They ended up drawing that game 2-2. But Brentford, having won seven in a row, they lost at the weekend. And Brentford lost uh, at home to uh, Barnsley tonight. And I know a few Brentford fans, and they must be... Absolutely gutted because even if they'd have got uh, if they'd have got a win tonight, they'd have finished above uh, West Brom on the goal difference. But uh, Dave, do you feel Brentford are the you know they're the team that we should aspire to? Not only in terms of how they conduct their business, but the style of football. It's exciting to watch, isn't it? And they must well, they've got to go through the trials of the uh, playoffs now, haven't they? Yeah, I think just just for go on and talk about Brentford. Um, thought it'd be interesting to reflect on the, the job that Michael O'Neill's done at Stoke. And I think, you know, the result we got against them a week or so ago, um, when we drew one all, we probably thought they looked a pretty organised side. They then went and beat Brentford at the weekend and they've now gone and stuffed Forest away from home as well. Mm. So uh, I think Michael O'Neill probably is uh, getting a bit, going to be getting some good credit at the end of the season. And I think they'd be one to watch next season. I I'm, said that to somebody earlier today. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, that was an interesting, uh, because when we played them, I, I was sort of punting um, Michael O'Neill as being someone who had impressed me with the way that he had transformed Stoke from a team that when we went up there and played away, they were hopeless. I mean, they really were. They were down on their luck. They got a yeah. guy sent off um, and uh, nothing was going right for them. And I think the way that he's so built solidly a team that we took a great deal of effort to break down. And we'll look back and think, actually, that was a really good win we got uh, where we played Stoke. But, you at know, the beginning, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at the beginning of the season. So yeah. uh, I think he's a, one of the runners and riders myself because I still think, you know, I know Ian doesn't rate the fact that, um, you know, he's an international manager and he only plays against the uh, Faroe Islands. I think that he's quite, you know, he's quietly... He's a done a good job. At the other end of the table, now Wigan, I think Wigan won this evening, but if they suffer a 12-point deduction, they will be relegated because they go down to 47 points. As it stands at the moment, Birmingham City yet again escaped on 50, but Barnsley, oh. Charlton and Hull. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty likely trio, really, isn't it? Would you agree with that, chaps? Well, I think, shut I think w- Wigan... Sorry, Peter, you carry on. And after you, Dave. Okay, yeah, w- Wigan were, were beating Fulham, weren't they? 2-1 um, until yeah. certainly relatively late, late on. Um, and that would have given them 61 and meant they were probably above Barnsley on goal difference. No, you're right. You're right. They were. That's right. It was one, well, yeah. it was one, one on the final whistle. If they'd have got those two extra points, I think, yes, they yeah. would have uh, maybe Subjects. scraped it. Although, yeah. Subjects well, to appeal. Then, you know, Wigan are, are 
replaced Barnsley in that table. The, the other one that was looking a little bit worrying was, was Sheffield Wednesday from a points deduction point with the, the rumours going around town at the moment of both of them and Derby. Sheffield Wednesday. Any, any punishment? Yeah. So it looks like Wigan have gone down, you know, which, you know, travesty for, for them and, and, and their manager and, and players, but shows a bit of a mockery of the... Yeah. Well, well, here we are then. It's now over. Let's get back now to the head coach scenario. It's over three weeks since Lee's gone. Uh, you, you expected, Dave, as I did, to be fair, that we'd have had somebody in situ. The fact that it's dragged on so long, I wonder whether we did have a plan when at quarter past six, uh, three weeks ago last Saturday, uh, Lee was relieved of his duties. But uh, what do we think, chaps? I'll go to uh, Peter first, that the formal rejection, I don't know whether he was interviewed or whether it was paper talk, but the formal rejection of Steve Gerrard of... Uh, an opportunity to come and join Bristol City. Peter, what are your thoughts on that, that he's now confirmed that he's not interested? Well, my thoughts are to ignore you completely and just go back to that relegation. I'm sorry, but the big story here, and just let's consider this, is it's always, um, we should never really intrude, intrude into private grief. However, where the Hull are concerned, I'm always willing to have a look at them. At the turn of the season, at Christmas, I understand they were eighth. Now, yes, you might want to just confirm that. But yeah, what an right absolutely cat- catastrophic second half of the season they've had. And, you know, it, it's a question of you. People will look back on that and say, wow, what actually happened there? I know that's misownership. Did they change their manager? What happened? They certainly hacked off two uh, key players. And that's the danger. You make some mistakes uh, in the championship. And all of a sudden, you're on a slide that you, a helter-skelter that you cannot stop. And, you know, one of the things that I think we should look at is, okay, changing our manager at this end of the season gives us a lot of opportunity to look at and reflect on who could take that next step. It's interesting that um, Stephen Gerrard was even considered. And I think that, you know, I think people would privately say that was a bit of a vanity project. So now we can get on and look at the key elements that we need. And that is, in my opinion, someone who's youth-friendly, youth developer, someone who's youngish, someone who's going to create a method and a high-pressing um, um, game that excites the fans, and um, you know, I, I, I just wonder, Dave. Dave, uh, who, who's on your mind? I mean, I've got a, a little sneaking suspicion of somebody who'd fit that bill, but he's, I think, way out of our league at the moment. But you, you, I'll, I'll, I'll come to that, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, I'll come to that in a minute, Dave. Tell me, <laughs> who? What do you think of Gerard? I mean, it, I Pete used the word that I've used more than once in conversation with people. It was a little bit of a vanity. It was almost like, I probably isn't like this at all, but John Lansdowne saying, Dad, 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 can we have Steve Gerrard? He'll be really good. Dad, please. What are, what are your thoughts on, did you think he was even interviewed? Or or what? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts, Dave? I, I th- if, if, from my point of view as outsider looking in, I wouldn't be surprised if through... The agency relationships that, that Mark Ashton with is, is has should I say, should I say um, got the, um, Gerard as the same agency as, as Lee Johnson. People talk possibility there. Let, let's just see if we can we can do a do a job and try and try and persuade him to come here. I I think it would have always been a, a big outside chance, one to get pretty excited about. But 
you know, and, and you never know. You, you, you kind of make the right right noises to him. Who knows? There was talk about him wanting to come back to this country, a bit worried about where Rangers were going, all the usual media stuff. And I guess off the back of that, you might think there's a chance. Ultimately, it looks like he's, he's you know, not not interested. Whether we, I, I'd be amazed if we've interviewed him, if, if I'm being honest. I would, I well, he's allegedly, well, not allegedly, he's been over in France with the Rangers. Now, before we come back to Peter with your... Uh, you know, one who's out of our league. And I think I know where you're coming from uh, on, on that. I mean, what's left on the table now? I mean, if you're Chris Hewton, uh, uh, Dave, do you, 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 you sort, of, sort of know you're almost second choice? Do you think he's still in play, Chris Hewton, very much in play? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think any manager at, at, at this type of level that we're talking about, you know, Top top half of the championship, bottom end of the Premier Premier League is is rarely going to go into a job and think I'm first choice. There's always potentially someone better out there, isn't there? You know, yeah. you know, someone someone who might think, well, God, if we could get in, that'd be fantastic. But we'll plump for Chris Hutton, and, and I think that's the situation we're in. And that's no disrespect to to Chris Hutton, who's a who's you know had a had a pretty good managerial career and and, and taking yeah. sides up in this division. So I think. He'll expect that he's not always going to be the the, the first choice. Who who knows whether he yeah. was our first choice? And but he said, actually, I want to take some time because I think there might be some other jobs going somewhere else. Well, and this will all start to come. It's all dominoes. Through. I mean, I've said to a couple of people today. I think if for me, it is if if for me now it was either Paul Cook or Alex Neal, I wouldn't complain about either of those getting it. Yeah. Paul Cook, when you look at what he's done, it's been consistent. It's been with three clubs. Yes, it's been at a lower level, but it's all quite current. He's done a good job with Wigan. And if you look at Alex Neal, he fits the bill of younger. He's the same age as Lee Johnson, I think. Up and coming. Mm. Did it with Hamilton up in Scotland. Took Norwich up five years ago. Has achieved as much as Lee Johnson achieved at Bristol City with the Preston North End team with less money. Um, those two, Cook and Neal, uh, Dave, Sticking with Dave because I want to hear Pete's outrageous suggestion. <laughs> yes, I know I what that's wait, be. I'll be, I'll be. Cook and Neil, I think be, most City fans would be, be happy sure, with sure either of those two, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think, I Dave, think so. I, I'd certainly be. Cook and Neil, they, that, that, that would, if, if Hewton didn't come, Cook and Neil would be able substitutes, wouldn't they? Yeah, I'm going to keep it short and say, yeah, I'd be pretty happy with those over to Peter for his outrageous claim. Colin Peter, so who's the one that's out of our league? <laughs> Well, I just think that um, if you look at the way that City are projecting themselves, if you look at the trips to the roof, if you look at the way the stadium's developed, if you look at the way the training facilities, this is now looking like a club that is projecting itself as a club that really doesn't want journeyman managers who've been successful in the lower leagues you know, the the rabbit out of the hat, I think, is, is going to be something absolutely outrageous. And um, <laughs> the name that springs to mind of somebody who was really excited <laughs> is Maurizio Pochettino. <laughs> Well, this, is, this is one we had fun on with in, on the on the OTIB forum this, this afternoon. As a, I as got well. absolutely hey, sorry, slaughtered. As, some, as, as somebody else mentioned him, Dave has. <laughs> I he's not listening. He's not listening. But 
Look, I'll hold my hand up. I put that on the OTIB forum today and I did it. I went off and did a meeting, online meeting. And when I came back, I think I've never had more responses than any previous posting I've done in the last 17 years. What well, was I on? After you spoke to me. I'm a joke and everything like that. But it was my... No, I hadn't spoken to you. It was somebody else, right? It was my financial advisor, who I'm not going to give his name. No, and okay. people were saying to me, if you're a headhunter in real life, David, are you the guy that if Casualty were looking for extras, you'd phone up Tom Cruise? Or if Little Chef wanted a new cook, you'd try and get hold of Michel Roux? I got literally hounded. So I actually agreed <laughs> with somebody who said satire, question mark. And I said, yes, it was. But actually, you know, t- and tell me why then, Peter, that you think Potch would even contemplate it, right? Because it's a joke suggestion. That's what was said of, to me well, okay. earlier today. Okay, well, you know, he's a humble fellow. He's studied um, economics and land management, very similar to Long Ashton Research Station, the work that he's done there. Um, he comes from a humble background, <laughs> played for Rosario, played for Newell Old Boys, worked his way into the Argentinian team. He managed the most unfashionable team in Barcelona in terms of Espanol, and didn't do yes, he didn't, didn't do badly there. So he, he likes seaports, and I can see that if you like a project, <laughs> Maurizio, come. Are you pay. saying Espanol are the biggest biggest team in Barcelona? No, no, no. What I'm saying, I'm saying the most unfashionable team in Barcelona. No, I, was, I was trying to make make a comparison of our friends in the north. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you mean the, the, the tent people? The blue few. The blue few. <laughs> the tent people. No, what I'm saying is, is that he knows what it's like to move to an unfashionable club. And, you know, if you think about it, Bristol City looking for a manager, it, it ain't worldwide news. He takes, he's taken an unfashionable job with Espanol, yeah. uh, partly through his Italian-Argentinian heritage. And, uh, you know, I think that there is a real project for him because he would provide a high-pressing, high-tempo approach. He'd create uh, opportunities for young local talent. And I think he would absolutely excite the whole of Bristol. I mean, you know, think, you know, think about, you know, think, think about just dragging him back from his enforced uh, retirement um, to hand him the, the reins. And, you know, and with a... What about the fact, Peter? Peter, there's one fact here that somebody pointed out to me on my thread. He's probably been... He was earning... Yeah, all right, OK. Eight and a half million quid a year. Now, he used to bomb around in North London in a little Fiat, top of the range Fiat A-Bath. And the reason why I know that is because my daughter last summer bought a car and on the logbook it said previous owner, Maurizio Pochettino, North London. And he actually had left all his contacts on the mobile phone connection in there. Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. I should have really um, so, downloaded yeah, I mean, there we, it could have, should have got done. access to it so, myself. So, and that is so, absolutely so, true. So that remember, is true. Remember, but why, why, remember why my, he's on eight and a half million a year? Remember my personality profile for them is a man from very humble origins. And uh, absolutely, yeah. if you think about the other uh, guy that played for Spurs, uh, the blonde fellow went on to uh, captain or went, went on to uh, manage uh, West Germany. Um, Jürgen Klinsmann. Jürgen Klinsmann. Again, that type of character takes projects and is excited by um, projects. Okay, yeah. we can't offer the poor fella European football yet, but with tongue-in-cheek, it is a bit of a project. Yeah, I think I think my response on the on the forum to to that to, today, trying to <laughs> trying to you know not, not not laugh at some of the responses coming back was, 
I think what, what, what you've highlighted there are, are some characteristics of, of what we think would make a good manager from someone who's perhaps not as high profile as, you know, your Gerrards and your Hutons and things like that. And, and you're right. It's someone who's come from, you know, a pretty poor background in Argentina. Yeah. Had, actually had a great mentor, as, as certainly as a, as a coach when he was in Argentina at Newell's when a certain Mr. Bielsa was his manager. Yeah. Played top-level football and international football for Argentina and was the man who brought down Michael Owen, I think, in the Japan World Cup. 2002, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then went on to play for Espanyol and then became their manager and took that opportunity as a pretty un- unproven guy. I think he got it weeks after passing his UEFA licences. And I think what he did there was instill a philosophy throughout the whole club that we're playing this way. And actually, when he, when he got announced at um, Southampton, I I didn't know much about him as, as a manager, but I you know I remembered him as a, as a player from for, for Argentina. But actually, I remember watching some videos and and some of the way they played out from the back was pretty risky. And it, you know, but actually, it's become almost on vogue now that passing out your centre back, splitting and and. and trying to build out from the back that way and through the lines. That was how Espanyol did it, at a terrific pace as well. And I think if you'd have said Pochettino as our manager now, at that point where he was building at Espanyol, then that's probably the correlation that I'd go with and say, that's the kind of manager we're looking to take, someone who's got yeah. some really fresh ideas. I don't think you get you don't get Pochettino now, but you get the one who was transitioning from Espanyol to Southampton, and that's where we should be looking at that type yeah. of manager. I think that's a very good point. That's a ve- that's a very 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 good point, and it puts into perspective the somewhat uh, tongue in cheek suggestion of uh, of him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know he's sat there having his contract paid up. He could say to Tottenham, look pay me four million of the eight million you're paying me and I'm just going to take this little job down in Bristol. I'll do it for a million and a half and they'll give me two and a half if I get them to the Prem. I mean, this is sort of, yeah, I'm on the hard stuff again. I'm drinking. No, I'm not actually. Um, So, look, we are where we are with the manager. I've said uh, the two that I think are acceptable. They're not exciting. Uh, Pete's uh, come up with... uh, Pochettino and Dave's put some sense. Dave Febbs has put some sense into it by saying, We want somebody whose profile is like Pochettino. While we've been talking, I've just looked up Jurgen Klinsmann's details on the on the Wikipedia. I mean, he had a win rate with Germany that was phenomenal. Bayern Munich, it was phenomenal. And in the USA, he had a 50% plus win rate. He's at Hertha Berlin at the moment. He's, he, he, he lasted from the 19th of November until the 11th of February. He was only in charge for 10 games and won three of them. So, you know, I don't know what he's doing now, but to me, that would be another name appointment. And, you know, that's not Lansdowne style, is it, uh, is it Dave, really? I, I don't think so. Not unless he really is chasing that, that vanity appointment. And that, But I think the kind of money that those guys would want would just be completely unrealistic. I think, you know, we all saw amounts being banded around for Gerard of 50,000 a week. And I think, you know, he's put some sanity behind that. It's probably significantly less than that a week, but with some bonuses. I yeah. Some, yeah. some analysis of Rangers finances uh, yesterday. And if you think, well, maybe he did achieve his bonuses. Yeah. I think I've got a couple of... To get paid. Yeah, their finances, yeah. yeah. get paid yeah. two and a half million. Well, actually, if you look at the income that they generated by actually getting through the Europa League into the group stages last year, that pocketed them £14.3 million. 
Mm. I think, you know, they've gone to the last 16 this year, so they're probably talking 18, 20 million. You start to look at it from a purely numbers game, which I'm sure Mr. Lansdowne is very capable of doing. And and you think, oh, God, we could do that there. Unfortunately, we haven't got European football as a a big character to be able to do that. Right. Um, We've got Ian Ian and Mark have have come back into the studio again. We all know where they've been, yeah, uh, for the last uh, 15 minutes. I want to. I think we'll have a. We will have a manager special when it's announced. So that could even be we're doing one tomorrow, or we do one on a Friday or something, and we'll fill in what is going to be a short close season. Um, Ian, I'll come to you first. We're just summing up on the managerial front, and just to backtrack on there, uh, I got berated on OTIB for saying Pochettino, and Pete sort of pretty much said the same thing. <laughs> I said I'd be happy with uh, Neil or Paul Cook. And and Dave put some sense into the conversation by saying we want somebody like where Pochettino, if we go foreign, somebody like where Pochettino was f- seven years ago when he'd done it in a lower, he'd done it in a foreign club and got a track record there and made the move from as Pochettino did, Espanol to uh, Southampton. You know, somebody who's Espanol to Bristol City, that's a suitable step up. To bigger and better things. So I want to keep this sort of one answer from each of you. I'll go to Ian first. Ian, right here, right now, Gerard's turned us down. Is it Hewton or would you be happy with the two that I've suggested? Or do you think somebody will come from left of field? Ian first. Well, I think uh, Chris Hewton would be my choice. He would have been my choice two weeks ago and he's my choice now. Um, if we can't get in Nigel Pearson, uh, depending on how Watford are paying him off and how much he's earning, because if Watford stay up, Nigel Pearson gets a million quid. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now it doesn't look like Watford are going to stay up, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, if you're looking for, um, you know, a same division manager, yeah, I think Paul Cook's done a really good job at um, uh, Wigan. Wigan, who were getting relegated because they only drew tonight. And I think, you know, if you look at Alex Neil and, and, and the job he's done at Preston, yeah. apparently he's a bit cheesed off it, having to keep selling his best players. So you've got to ask yourself the question, does he want to come here and do the same thing? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I, I would say if you can't get Hewton, get Pearson. If you're going to go for somebody from the lower leagues, like your Ryan Lowe, your Michael Flynn, those type of thing then I think you're going to lose an awful lot of interest down there. I think the fans will be on a real downer. Well, I think you said to me earlier, Ian, that if it was any one of the, I'll call them the second, the third division ones, yeah, no disrespect to them as individuals because they've done well in their own environment, but you'd be applying for a refund on next season's uh, season ticket. Okay, so that's your answer there. Mark, good to uh, have you back in uh, in with us as well. Simple question for you. Gerard said uh, no. I don't know whether he was interviewed or maybe it was agent talk. Gerard said no. Hewton, Cook, Ian's thrown in Pearson. Yes, I'd be happy with him. I don't think he's got the right temperament for us. So Hewton, Cook, Neil or Pearson. Do you think it would be one of those four or have you got a name to throw in as well? Yeah, I, I think Hewton, you know, very safe pair of hands and he's got two clubs out of this division and like Ian was saying on Radio Bristol, 102 points It's uh, at Newcastle and he was promptly sacked when they, I think they were 12th in the Premier League uh, in about November the following season, but he's got the pedigree, uh, you know, kept yeah. right in, in the Premier League, a bit 
bit unlucky last season. They've been playing about his style and brought somebody else in. But yeah, it's got to be Hewton for me. A manager who will, who will probably suddenly become available tomorrow, um, who, uh, who's a foreign manager who's just failed, uh, but they were in fifth place, is Sabri Lamucci. Uh, whether or not they, they would look at him, I don't know. He's probably a, a foreign manager who will, who will suddenly find himself out of a job tomorrow. I, I don't know if he's Why would you want a bloke that's just failed to get another team promoted? I don't get that. I, I wouldn't want him. I'm just talking about him. I'm thinking of the mentality of the club yeah. who, who, might, who might consider right. a Ryan Lowe or a Michael Flynn. Who'd be, I'd be well, absolutely if devastated want, uh, if, he, if, if we went for something like that. Yeah, but if you want a, uh, it depends. They've got this idea that oh, it's all about um, buy, develop, sell, repeat, right? Okay, but what's happened? It's gone buy, de- buy, Ooh. develop, sell, repeat, stay put, and you. Th- that's what's happening, and you cannot go on unearthing players that you, you know, your Adam Webster's that you can buy for three and a half million and sell for twenty million. You're not going to find many of no. them. You might get another one, but you need to hang on to them to get promoted as well. And that's my point. You only get one season with those type of guys. And if you get in the Prem, then you've got a fantastic opportunity to move forward. But if you don't, then somebody else is going to come around. And I can't believe that Preston have still got that Daniel Johnson. No, Mm. good player. Good player. Guys, we're coming up to uh, 50 minutes. I was chanting on a bit before anybody came in. And came into the, he is a good player um look we I said earlier we're gonna have a manager special and we can talk about you know we'll know whether cor is gone and stuff like that uh I did a piece with you Ian right at the start you're one of the first ones in conversation we're talking about your Bristol City story Peter I've said I'd like to do the same with you Dave Fevs if you've got some time mm-hmm. in the next few weeks in the close season we'll talk about your city connection and you as well Mark yeah just to uh pad stuff Thanks. out you may have seen we had a little badge from uh, Podbean for having a thousand downloads, which in uh, three and a half, four weeks, I think it is now, is is pretty good. Um, you know, we've got a long way to go before we catch up the uh, one stream in Bristol. But, uh, you know, I think they're doing a slightly different offering to what they do, although I've noticed they're doing uh, something after most, most matches as well. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure this, uh, this lockdown end of season batch. Uh, I'll be in touch with all of you. Um, thank you and have a good evening, one and all. All right. Yeah, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.